And thank you, oh God, for bringing us a woman of God today here, our beloved Sister Mary Luisa. Let us welcome her to show how much we longed for her presence. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us our sister today. Glory to God. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Here in Sucre, Cordoba of Bolivar, Atlantic. Well, I know from many other regions, it brings me great joy for we have gathered today to worship and glorify our Lord. We are joyful with our Lord. Let us speak and reflect upon our Lord Jesus Christ and his work of evangelization. That marvelous work of our Lord, that love of our Lord towards his children, towards his church, and towards his believers. Today, we are going to be paying close attention to the teaching, the reflection of his word. Even if what we read today, we may have read one and many times over, but it is important that we always remember those words of our Lord or that mission of our Lord Jesus Christ when he came to the earth and behaved like a man, leaving his word, his commandments. And we today are going to review and again reread and once again reflect upon so that our Lord will always be with us. And so the Lord will always be attentive to our prayers and to our calling, to our pleas. Today, let us reflect upon the Lord. Ye may be seated. Let us open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. How I love this chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. I have told the brothers and sisters to memorize Ephesians 4 verse 11. To memorize, to keep it in their hearts, and to ask the Lord that the Lord may manifest himself in our congregations and give to us that marvelous promise that says in verse 11. And here in Ephesians chapter 4, here the apostle during that time spoke to the Ephesians. But this teaching is the same for us today. Because during that era, more than 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit manifested within the congregation, in those small groups, the Lord manifested working miracles, marvels, wonders, manifested with the spiritual gifts, the Lord letting himself be known to man through his gifts. And today we as well are witnessing the same. So this is why this teaching that was for more than 2000 years ago, today we are going to take it for us. Because the Lord is the same. The Lord is the same of yesterday and today. So what the Lord did 2,000 years ago, today as well, the Lord does for us. In our congregations, in the churches, 
This is why they are testimonies. And in the internet, we see the testimonies of the people, of the miracles, the wonders, and of the manifestation that the Lord does in your life. And this allows us to think and realize that God lives and exists, that God is the same of yesterday, today, and the same forevermore. So we give the glory and the honor to the Lord. Here the Apostle Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. We all have been called by the Lord. Each one of you has an experience with God. Each one of you is attending the church because the Lord convinced you through prophecy. And then the Lord has convinced you through dreams and visions as well. So there you are a person, man or woman called by God. The Lord has called us to be saved, first of all, but then he has made a calling for us, for us to serve him so that we may win many hearts for his kingdom. Glory to the Lord. The apostle says that each one was called and the Lord gave us all a duty or a task to do. And in verse two, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Here the apostle gives us this recommendation. As the Lord called upon each one of us, gave us a calling. When we are gathered together as a church, we should be patient and be tolerant with one another having into account that each man and woman is a separate world, but that the Lord is the one who unites us. He is the one that gives us harmony, love, and that unity all together so that we can bear one another, love each other, for we are children of God, called to be children of God. So therefore, the Holy Spirit is who is in charge of uniting us, unite these different worlds that is each one of us, a different personality, different blood, a different way of thinking, a different way of proceeding or acting. But either way, the Lord makes us one, all one here in verse three, he says, Endeavoring, meaning be diligent, that we be attentive to keep the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the bond of peace, to be attentive to the Word of God, attentive to the teaching that the Lord gives us through His spiritual gifts and through the revelations. And that we be like this, attentive, for the Spirit of God is the one or is doing this marvelous work within each one of us. He is who is converting the hearts. He is who is transforming us and making a change in our life. 
So this is why he says that the spirit of God is who is in the church and teaching us, guiding us, counseling us, and as well allowing that we be one in the Lord. Blessed be the name of our Lord. And it says that this unity that the Holy Spirit does with each one of us, this verse four here is highlighting that unity. I would like for you to read those that are able to see their scriptures. Verse number four. So it states, let us be diligent and attentive in keeping the unity of the spirit. So therefore, one body, the body of Christ, one spirit, which is the spirit of God, as you were called in one hope of your calling. Verse five, one Lord, one what? One faith or one gospel or one belief in Christ and one baptism. So the unity, the unity of all of us, we owe this to the Holy Spirit, to the Spirit of God, which is what has us this way, one together in unity. So thanks to this unity, there is more than a thousand plus churches in various countries more or less 60 plus countries, more than a thousand churches. And in all of the churches, in very remote places even, there's places in Africa, places in China, Japan, there is the Holy Spirit speaking to those who are origin of those countries, making them promises, speaking to to them, giving them joy and happiness, fulfilling for them, convincing them that God exists. For there, in those places, a majority of the people have not even heard of God, or especially not of Jesus Christ. And now that the word of the Lord has arrived to these places, to those people, to those small groups, and they have this experience that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, they are joyful and convinced of the existence of God. And there the Lord makes them promises and has fulfilled for them, have, has well done miracles just as he has for us. There we see the unity of the spirit. There we see the unity that the Lord is doing with his work, with his power, the knowledge of his existence. There the Lord is working there in all those people, those places, those remote locations of different languages, of different cultures. There the Lord speaks to them and the people testify just as we testify. The Lord spoke to me and promised and he has fulfilled for me. That is what is glorious that we want to hear all these type of testimonies of those people and see that for the Lord or for the spirit of God, there is nothing impossible, but that he is there in unity 
giving unity, giving the unity of the spirit. We all believing in one God, in one Lord, in one gospel, enjoying of one baptism, enjoying spiritual gifts, blessings from God, transformation in our lives, a change or healings or miracles. All these things, brothers and sisters, all of this, the Lord does for us without looking at our race, our language, without looking at the person's financial rank, not looking at their background, simply looking at their heart, a heart that is sincere, a heart that is willing for God, a heart that is given to him. This is what the Lord looks at. And this is what is occurring. We see this brothers and sisters, all these things are happening. Marvelous things. The Lord supporting his church. The Holy spirit has had all of us together in unity. All these 50 plus years and shall have us in this way. For he said he would raise up a perfect church that he will rise up. He said, and what he says he will fulfill. We are privileged. Let us not belittle the blessing that the Lord is giving us of being members of his body of being believers of his church. Let us not belittle this. Let us value these blessings that the Lord has given us to all of you, to one he has given maybe one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, the time that you have been in the church, the Lord has blessed you and the Lord is going to add you to his church, to his people, to that tree, which is Jesus Christ. And we are the branches So we have to value that value and continue and be strong and courageous and love the Lord and ask the Lord always that he may help us so that the enemy will not come to destroy our lives, to remove us from the church, to take away those blessings and the promises that the Lord has given us. We should always work hard concerned. You have to be concerned in this path of peace, of this calling that the Lord has given you. And this is what we need to worry of. So here are the promises of the Lord that we have a Lord. We have a father. We have a God in verse number six. Please read. What is it that we have? Glory be to our Lord. The name of our Lord be exalted. Very well. Are you a little bit lazy today? Are you asleep or are you sad or because here we are not giving the glory to the Lord just on the sidelines. Let the glory be for our Lord. Let the king of kings live, lords of lords. This God of power who lives, this God that we have here in our heart and in all the churches of our Lord. Blessed be his name. Let us continue reading the promise of our Lord. 
since he is in one God, in all, above all, and through all, it says that he gave something glorious and beautiful to each one. What did he give? Verse 7. It says, to each one, each one was given the grace according to the measure of Christ's gift to each one. The Lord gave us a blessing spiritually of what the Lord has, of what is the Lord. He, he gave all his power, all his blessing, his gifts and power. And to each one of us, he has given a piece of that something, something very small, a little bit of the Lord. But for us, it is grand. His gifts, the support, the promises, the fulfillment, the presence of God in our lives. What more do we want? It is this. A little piece of the Lord that he has been giving to us from the day that we arrived to this place, to this congregation, and we receive that first prophecy and we receive the first words of comfort that the Lord had for us. What promise so beautiful when it says that he gave to each one of grace, grace given according to the measure of the gift. Verse eight Therefore, he says, here the apostle is speaking of a verse, a psalm here. And in this psalm, it states, when he ascended on high, who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. That the Lord, it says, rose on high and he had the slaves fall in love. There, the devil Meaning the word captivity means that they fell in love with us, that we first were captive or enslaved to sin and of the devil. In the moment that the Lord spoke through prophecy or in dreams or visions, so we then fell in love with my Lord. So it says that he led captivity captive. They fell in love. The Lord fell in love with those slaves from sin. And among those slaves were us as well. And this promise is fulfilled in us. We can say today, the Lord has fulfilled this word. And it says in verse nine, this, that he ascended is what? What does it mean? That, that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. But when it says that he descended into the lower parts of the earth, it's not referring literally or physically that the Lord descended to the middle of the earth, but simply that the lower parts of the earth is of rank or of category or of status that some persons had before the Lord. And who were those that were being belittled or were in a low category? 
those persons who were before the flood sinned, greatly sinned and offended the Lord to such a point that the Lord was angry and sent the flood and destroyed all things. This person was belittled by the presence of the Lord, but they there were in a place sent separate in the lower parts of the social status. Let us say it in this way so we can understand better. And it says that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he three days in the death of the flesh, he went to those lower parts. Not that he went to the center of the earth physically, but that he was there with these spirits or with those people who had died during the time of the flood. And he spoke to them of the gospel and he spoke to them of his name, of his word so that they would believe, so that they would have the opportunity to know of happiness, to have peace, and to have salvation from God. And this is what he says, that the Lord in his mercy, he descended and above all the heavens that he might fill all things that he is above but that he gave the opportunity to those people and he preached his word. This is the love of God. That is the mercy of the Lord. This is why in the Psalms, it says that our Lord, the just, that the Lord has care for the needy, that he extends his hand for his mercy is forever. And here we see the mercy of the Lord when he preaches to those people who have already died. He preached to those spirits that were there imprisoned and he gave them an opportunity for salvation. Now the Lord says for us that live, for those of us who are in this flesh, in this physical body, this material. Verse 11. What did the Lord Jesus Christ give to his church? What is it? And he himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, he constructed some to be apostles. He gave them this title. Some to be apostles. Some what? Prophets. Some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. This the Lord Jesus Christ did for his church. Once the Lord had to rise to the heavens and he was going to leave his apostles, his disciples. The story shares that that day there was around 500 persons gathered who were witnesses and they saw when the Lord rose to the heavens and disappeared in the clouds. But before this, gave orders to his apostles and said, go to all the world. He did not say only go to such nation, Israel, or only go to Europe. He said, go through all the world and preach the gospel. 
and baptize the people and preach to them and teach the people that they have to believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God and that he is the path of salvation. And he that believes will be saved. He that does not believe will be condemned. That was the order that he gave to his apostles. The apostles began to work. They began to evangelize. They waited the day that the Holy Spirit would come to give them power, ability for the spiritual tasks. And this is how the Holy Spirit comes. They speak in tongues. They receive prophecy. They all begin to prophesy. And from there on begin the miracles and the wonders, the manifestation of God. And they all receive the Holy Spirit and they began to evangelize those persons. All of that territory, all of Asia and Africa, through all those areas. So they began to evangelize and the Lord would support them and the Lord worked miracles and marvels. The Lord made promises as he does for us today. Glory to the Lord for he is the same of yesterday and today. And in this way, the Lord, this is why it says that in his church, he placed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And in verse 12, it says, for the equipping, this is the objective, or the objective or the end result of having placed these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in his church is for the equipping of the saints, the believers, for their perfection, all of us. All of the men and women, the Lord says that we are saints, that we are his children, the Lord says. So it is for the perfection. What it means is that first the Lord calls us. He makes a calling from the people. And then after he calls us, he says, you are my children. You are my believers. You are saints. You are God's. But the Lord as well says, I am going to perfect you because since you have many weaknesses, mistakes, there is grave sin. I am going to change you and I'm going to perfect you and I am going to cleanse you. I am going to make you all perfect. Thanks be to the Lord for this promise. Through whom? Through whom does he does this task? This work of perfecting us through whom? Through prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, men or women. Because each one has their function, their task, their ministry. Each one works so that we all may be perfect using the prophet to take the depth of my heart just in case I may have hidden sins and there I am pretending. So he sends the prophet to reproach. And then as well, he uses the teacher to teach me the doctrine, to teach me to interpret the Bible to understand and comprehend the writings of the Bible.
He sends the apostle to direct me, to counsel me, to teach me, guide me, how to direct my life materially, spiritually, every aspect. The Lord places the pastors so they may guide the believer, teaching the believer, correcting, reproaching, and as well to teach, preach to them the path of the Lord. So all are necessary. Sends the evangelists as well to visit the congregations, to take the doctrine, the laying on of hands, takes the gifts, and as well the revelations, the discernment, know how to counsel and guide in the perfect moment, and perhaps as well take a new revelation that the Lord may have given. All are necessary and essential and the Lord placed in the church so that we may be perfect. This is why you, you have to be cautious and need to be diligent to be willing in placing to work what the Lord has given, what the Lord has promised because the Lord has not called you to simply be in one place your whole life, simply there, sitting there in that pew, simply as a listener. The Lord one day wants you to be what? A teacher or a pastor or a preacher or evangelist or a prophet. Or he that has the gift of prophecy, of healing, of miracles. This is what the Lord wants for you to do all of these spiritual tasks in the church, to work them, that you work and put into practice all that the Lord wants to give you because you have to gain souls for the Lord because surely the Lord may have told you that he, you may preach to your neighbors, to your family members, loved ones, friends, co-workers, other students, so they all need of your preaching. And what is your preaching for these persons? I go to a church where God speaks. If you are sick or sad, if you maybe are at the point of suicide, go to my church. There God speaks. God manifests himself and the Lord makes the people happy. There I have seen miracles, marvels, healings. This is what we testify of. And this we call preaching the word of the Lord. This we may call, I am preaching to my co-workers or my friends at school or my neighbors. I am preaching the gospel of the Lord because I am inviting them to come to my church that God speaks and that the Lord is going to heal them, giving them blessings, joy, peace, and all that the Lord wants for each one. I am speaking of the Lord. I am being useful in the church of the Lord. I have a task. I have a function. I have a ministry in the church. We all have a job because the Lord has brought us and the Lord has a plan with each one of us. So we are not simply going to be those that listen, but doers, doers of the word. This is what he wants. 
Brothers and sisters, how many millions of persons there are in the world? How many millions of persons are there? How many persons are there here today with me? How many are there? 5,000? Brothers and sisters, do you think that 5,000 is enough to go to evangelize 300 million or 400 million persons? Do you realize, brothers and sisters? So we are not going to simply be always here, just sitting in the pew or the chair, simply there sitting down without serving God, doing nothing for the Lord. It's okay that you may say, oh, well, I'm never going to have the opportunity to travel because I can't, I don't like it, I don't know how. But the day that the Lord may make you move or you may have to travel to work for the Lord, the Lord is going to give you all that you need and is going to allow that you do that job. Because for the Lord, there is no condition, no justification. I remember, brothers and sisters, when Brother Luis Eduardo, my husband, the father of my children, I traveled to Pereira, Risaralda, and a sister says to me, very new being a widow, I dreamt, she said to me, that you lived in the United States with your family. And I said to her, no, sister, I never, I'm never going to leave Colombia. Never. I'm never going to leave Colombia. It's not that way. I have no visa and I have no plan to ever get it. I became angry with her. And I said, sister, it's not my fault. I had the dream. And she was right. I said, no, never. This is what we say. When the Lord speaks, he says a plan that he may have for us. And we say no, because we begin to see our possibilities materially, physically, in our human strength. And everything seems impossible or difficult. But for the Lord, there's nothing impossible. Because the Lord provides all and organizes all when it is God's plan. Everything is easy. And I fought so much, brothers and sisters, to not get the visa. And the day I went to get it, I said, oh, let them deny me. Let them deny me. And no, they gave it to me. And I didn't want it. I didn't want it. And the Lord took me. And, and you know how he took me? Because he had a plan. He had a plan that I left Colombia, that I would leave Colombia. I said, well, I'm going to go for a short time to the U.S. and then I'll come back, I said. And in that way, when I thought this, I had forgotten the dream of the sister. I'd forgotten. And I ended up in the U.S. And when I was there in the U.S., I remembered that the sister had the dream and I told her no. But brothers and sisters, when the Lord has a plan for us, he fulfills his plan and we sometimes are stubborn. And in that moment, I acted with a stubborn thought. And I said, no, I'm not going. As if I could do the contrary of what the Lord wants. And the Lord showed me that what is done is God's will. God's will is what is done. Today, today, brothers and sisters, I thank the Lord
that he had moved me because I have traveled and I have known many cultures, customs. I have known the people, their way of speaking, thinking, their way of living, the way they act. And I thank the Lord for it has been an education for me. I have learned to have patience and to tolerate respect. And I as well, I have learned to understand the people and to know that we have to respect each other and not criticize one another or force each other to think as I do, to eat as I do, or to live as I live. No, but that each one is independent. But what is important is their heart, their belief, their trust, or their faith in the Lord. That is what is important. The rest, you learn to be tolerant and you learn how to manage others, how to do things so that we all can understand one another, so that we all can comprehend a message from God. So I thank the Lord for having done this with me because I didn't know what it was the Lord to prepare me to be in the midst of many persons in Central America, South America, and North America, the people in Japan, the people in Australia, in those other countries that the Lord has allowed me to go to other islands. And there the people, those that are native of those countries, they're all there. And the love that the Lord has placed for them and the way that they speak and expressing themselves so that they can understand, they can understand correctly the message of the Lord. And I thank my Lord for this because all the Lord wants to do with us, he does for better. We are the ones that sometimes in our own stubbornness, we want to resolve things, resolve our own life in our own way. And we do not understand the plan of God. So brothers and sisters, there are some regions and brothers and sisters tell me, I don't want to leave my land or my neighborhood. I don't want to leave my city. And the Lord has removed them from those cities because that is his plan. Because the Lord wants for the person to go and speak and evangelize. And the Lord uses them and they travel and the Lord uses them in a great way. So we all submit ourselves saying, I don't speak. I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to express myself. No, all that richness that we have in our heart, the experiences that we have lived with the Lord, this we express to the people, to the world. And the people understand that universal language, that universal language, which is the love of God, the mercy of the Lord, the existence of God, his gifts, his words, his promises, his miracles. It is this universal language that everyone understands. And in this way, I have seen that hand of the Lord around the world changing the people and the people testifying the people joyful and happy how beautiful it is brothers and sisters to serve the Lord and not question and not make things difficult and saying no it's impossible I can't I'm not going as I did but better yet it is Lord if you say so it shall be I don't know when or how, but it shall be. It is this, brothers and sisters. 
And there are brothers that say, oh, no, I live there in the mountains. No one knows me. Who's going to send me? Who's going to notice me? Well, from there in that corner, God will take you from there behind the mountains where there's no city or ranches. There the Lord will bring you forth if he has a plan and he will take you to fulfill with the plan he may have for you in your life so that the Lord will support you and you can work and be that evangelist or that teacher or that preacher. Brothers and sisters, we are in the hands of God. We are in the hands of the Lord. And we have, we have to say to the Lord, just as Isaiah said, when the Lord calls him and he says to him, Lord, here I am. Send me. What a commitment. What a commitment. And we as well. We're going to say to the Lord, here I am, Lord. Send me to save a soul on the other side of the river. We have to save a soul. Okay, Lord. I will go in a boat, in a canoe, and I will go to save that soul because you said so. Thanks be to my Lord. And the Lord is joyful with us when we submit to his will. When he sees we love him and we want to be faithful servants, faithful to his work. So the Lord says that he will perfect his church with all of these gifts all these ministries that he places that if he perfects this we're going to in verse 13 so since the Lord wants to perfect his church with the spiritual gifts and with all of this work of evangelists, pastors, and teachers, that there have to be many in each church, that with the end result of perfecting his church with his saints, it says, so that all will come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Man or woman to be perfect to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, of Jesus Christ. That we should no longer be children tossing to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So the devil will not trick us because the devil wants to deceive us using man by mistaken and false Doctrines that these men to deceive, they use cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In 15, the Lord wants to perfect us with spiritual gifts and speaking the truth and love with the Holy Spirit in the church so that we following this truth of God in love may grow up spiritually speaking in all things. I'm in verse 15 may grow up in all things into him who is the head in Christ. We should grow in Jesus Christ. 
It says, from whom the whole body joined, the whole body is the church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That we, it says, we as the body of Christ, united every joint he compares us to our own body that our whole body is joined and knit together with joints that we as well, all we are together united one with another as spiritual joints and the Lord unites us so that we may grow in the Lord so that our spiritual life will grow. And in this way, we may serve the Lord in perfection. So how many of you want to be perfect before the Lord, have the spiritual gifts and be prophets, evangelists, teachers, men and women? The work is of you all. Each one does the work. I do the task that the Lord gave me, but you what task has the Lord given you there? There you have to reflect upon and be to date with the Lord, correct with the Lord standing as a good soldier of Christ. Here I am, Lord, send me, send me to work because we have to evangelize the millions and millions of people that there are in the world. May my Lord support you. May the Lord support you all men and women May the Lord clothe you with power, with grace. May the Lord give you humility, humbleness. May he give you a sincere heart for the Lord, to love the Lord, to love the Lord, to love his church, to love his work, to love each other. Brothers and sisters, let us continue with the questions. Good afternoon, sister. May the God of glory bless you all. Sister, my question is as follows. You have taught us that you've traveled through to many places and throughout the world. And in the world, there are many cultures. And in those cultures, there are customs, traditions, there are habits people have, even to the way they dress. I would like to ask you, sister, how far we as the people of God, should we give in to those customs or traditions? How far can we give in as the people of God to these things? Is it that, could we say that the church of God has their own culture, its own culture rather, and how do we teach the new generation, especially our children, sister, that we cannot imitate what the world does, but rather that we must please God. Sister, may God bless you. Yes, the brother states that is it that the Lord has his own culture. Yes. The Lord wants men and women both to clothe themselves modestly, to dress modestly. The brother says that there are many places. Perhaps the brother mentions locations where there are indigenous tribes maybe islands or coastal areas where they dress 
in a way that is very typical. The women dress very typical with flowers or long dresses with a lot of colors. What is important is that you dress modestly. This is what the Lord teaches us. Private parts of our body. But be modest in our way of dressing. And in this way, worldwide, where the word of the Lord arrives, the Lord begins to teach the people their way of dressing, the right way of dressing. There in the U.S., I have heard testimonies of sisters. There were women. They were not from Colombia. They were, I think, from Central America, South America. And there was this one sister, one of them. She was very new, maybe three months in the church. And she testified. She says, I've been three months in the church And I always would like to wear jeans and very tight jeans, blue jeans. And I'd like to wear them very tight, very tight jeans. And I have never worn a skirt ever. And she had a dream with the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus would show her and said, I'm going to teach you how to dress modestly and I'm going to teach you. And the Lord himself began to change the jean, the pants that she had on for a skirt and place the skirt on that it was a little bit lower than her knee. And she didn't like as well to wear long shirts but just like tank tops and the Lord began to wear sleeves on the shirt and the Lord placed sleeves on the shirt and began to rise the low cut shirt that she had on and said this is how I like for you to dress and she was only three months in the church and she was shocked with the dream and when she came back to church or she was continuing in the church she already began to dress differently because the Lord himself taught her so that is beautiful how the Lord teaches certain people and I have many testimonies like this where the Lord himself teaches women who are so new in the church and teaches them the way modestly to dress. So there we see how the Lord does want for our clothing, men and women, for it to be modest. Because in the church, since the church either way is small in comparison to the millions of millions of people in the world who who do not know of God, the church is small. There are men and women the Lord does not want For anyone to be temptation for another. Men not to be temptation for the women or women to be temptation for the man. But that people come and congregate and gather to adore and worship the Lord without looking at something that there is a temptation in their flesh. This is why being modest in their clothing. That modesty should be worldwide. And if we go to where women use long dresses, even better. Something beautiful in a way of dressing in some of these islands. 
And for example, we see these tribes, these, some of these tribes, they're almost half naked. They simply dress from the waist down and they're naked the rest of their body. The Lord as well teaches them that they have to dress to go to the congregation. There have been these cases in the churches where persons have arrived from these indigenous tribes where they didn't arrive with clothing, but they now arrive with clothing well-dressed. The Lord is whom is who is in charge of teaching our appropriate way of dressing to be modest, and it is worldwide. There are many examples, and this is why we teach and brother and sisters sometimes are very radical in teaching the other women that arrive in the church to dress in a certain way. It's not that we make it up. It is the Lord who reveals. Let us continue with another question. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Louisa. Good afternoon, those who accompany her. Welcome. Sister Mary Louisa. Fashion advertising have created a model of an ideal woman that highlights certain parts of their body, enticing men to look at her. And many women, because of vanity, undergo these types of surgeries in order to look more sensual. But in Genesis, it says, your desire shall only be for your husband. Does that mean, Sister Mary Louisa, that men will always desire women? And if it is so, is that a curse? I say a curse because women are a temptation for men. How, Sister Mary Louisa, can the children of God be like Job? and have eyes only for their wives. Even if they are short, chubby, or not charming, or they may not have that money to undergo those types of surgeries, is it okay for a child of God to ask their wife to do and undergo these surgeries in order to please them? Is it such an obstacle to overcome for them? Thank you, sister. Well, sister, so many questions, so many different ways of thinking, so many ways of proceeding, so many different tastes. Sometimes people want to feel good about themselves and they organize themselves because it's for their own self, because they want to feel better, not for anyone else, but because that person wants to feel better about themselves. And that is respectable. And as well, that the woman is a temptation for man. Yes, from the beginning, knowing that mankind was a person or was going to be a person that was rebellious, hard of heart, stubborn. The Lord made man, but the Lord realized was going to be a headache for our Lord. Having made man, there's a part that says, and the Lord repented of having made man or regretted mating man, making mankind because the Lord knew that in the future a man was going to rebel and be self-willed, arrogant, stubborn. And they were going to go towards other paths with the help of the enemy, 
the powerful enemy that we have. The Lord knew this. This is why the Lord wanted to place obstacles better yet in the way of mankind to test him. And the Lord has placed many obstacles in our way, not only men, but women as well to test us, to see who submits and who does the will of the Lord. We let us submit to the rules and the laws that the Lord has placed and let us do these things and the rest they are things that are superficial that are not so important first worry of pleasing the Lord in all things in all and then as well the person searches as well for their own comfort their own joy and the Lord is not going to be angry for these things today there exists physical beauty diets health nutrition people become sick for it because they don't eat well the Lord made food and man ate all things and no one was sick but today Man began to sin and sin and offend God. So the Lord is a punishment placed as well. Well, Now you're going to be sick with what you eat as a punishment. And this punishment, the children of God as well are victims of these curses spoken by the Lord since the beginning. The children of God as well suffer the consequences of all these punishments and curses. So when we arrive to the path of the Lord, we arrive with all of these curses, all the punishment and all of the illnesses and all that happens. So what we do is grasp on to the Lord so that he may help us giving us health and that the Lord may be merciful with us and we may not suffer as much. But either way, it is unavoidable, impossible to remove the curses and remove the consequences of the disobedience of man. Today, food makes us sick. If we eat everything, we become sick. Because the food is what makes man ill. So you have to avoid certain foods to be able to be healthy. And there are people that say, oh, no, I'm going to eat everything. I can die of an illness. And yes, then they eat everything. And there they're sick and they are there with problems. There they are bedridden or in a certain place. They can't walk. They can't go up and down the stairs because there they are with an illness because the food made them sick. Their nutrition. And that is sad. That is very sad, but brothers and sisters, let us be faithful to God. Let us be sincere with the Lord and let us always do the will of our Lord so he may help us to overcome all these things. And those people, the sister says that they are husbands that want their wife to have certain surgeries or vice versa because men as well have surgeries. It's not only the women, men as well. Well, It's not that it is a sin before the Lord, because if the person, the man or woman, 
dedicate themselves to only become beautiful and don't look for God and they are simply in their own world and their own life and spending money and wasting money. Perhaps maybe they have a lot of money and they spend it in this and this beauty. It's wrong because they don't remember God. But we first the Lord. So therefore, we regarding foods, drinks, surgeries, whatever beauty products you want to do, all these things, all the procedures, he that likes you can, but first the Lord. First worship and search for the Lord. Love the Lord. Do the will of God. Turn away from sin. And then later the Lord will give you an opportunity to become more beautiful. But first you gave the place to the Lord. First, the Lord first, and then all of these other things. Because we are not going to proceed of being fanatical of saying the person then, oh, then why do I brush my hair? Well, no, why am I going to brush my hair? Why then am I going to get ready? I can just be like that all day and leave the house. Well, that doesn't look right. I even scare myself if I look in the mirror. If I look in the mirror, I have to look well. I have to see myself well. I have to feel good about myself. Not for others, but for myself. So I get ready. I brush my hair. I look nice because I want to feel good about myself. We get dressed and each one feels good with what they put on. Whether it be a shirt, a dress, a jacket, a whatever you put on. But you put this on because you feel good. It is this. But there are persons who do not brush their hair. They don't get a shower because everything is a sin. They don't wash their skin because everything is a sin. All is a sin and everything became a sin. And truly the sin that they are committing that they should stop, they don't. But there they are looking at certain physical aspects that are not so important Instead of looking at what is profound, the heart, how they live, what is in the heart, is there envies, jealousy, what is within your heart, arguments, problems, infidelities within the household? That is what you have to look at and be careful. And we have to be careful. Do you not think that when we go to church to gather as a church, as a congregation, we place flowers. You see the flowers here. We say, oh, hopefully the Lord will see the arrangement that we made in the flowers that we place. But that is what we do for our own sight so that we can feel comfortable of a beautiful arrangement of the beautiful flowers. So you see, it's necessary. It's needed. The flowers the decorations for the place to be cleaned. When we go to church, we go well-dressed, not for people to look at me because I want to feel comfortable and well for the Lord to see that I get dressed and I look nice to go to church to pray and worship the Lord. I want the Lord to see me beautiful, gorgeous for the Lord. It is that. Not for anything else, but to say to the Lord, Lord, you deserve the best. We are children in certain ways. We are children before the Lord. And what does a child do? To impress an adult? They do many things. They say many things. They impress an adult. Well, in this way, the Lord is with us. We are children, Lord. 
We dress the best we can to go and pray to you, to go to church. And if we dress ourselves well for a party or a gathering, the president's coming. And how am I going to be dressed like this where I am in sweats? How am I going to be in this sweatshirt? No, I'm going to wear my best outfit to present myself before the president. I know he's not going to look at me, but I'm going to go the best dress that I can. That is what we do. When we're going to present ourselves with others, with persons who are important, we wear our best outfit. And for the Lord then to come to church, are we not going to wear our best? We have to wear the best for the Lord, for our God. We gather as a church. We're going to glorify the Lord. We're going to wear, we're going to place beautiful flowers, natural flowers for the Lord to realize that we're organizing everything beautiful. So imagine the manifestation of the Lord presence here is the Lord manifesting himself where we gather, where we congregate. The Lord descends where he is. So let us be realistic. Let us be normal, natural. Be careful of not being fanatical. Let us not fall in fanatism. And let us respect. Let's respect the people. Respect each other. Let us respect our husband who wants to see our wives beautiful. Let us respect those wives who want to see their husband gorgeous and not with a big belly like we say. And if that's how she wants, beautiful, wonderful. And she that shouldn't be criticized. So to respect and value and to see the heart, which is what is important. The gifts, the good testimony, and the good example. That is what is important. Another question. Another question. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Luisa. Welcome to the land of Cordoba. Sister Mary Luisa, my question is a personal one. Generally speaking, marches or manifestations have a purpose, which is to show a group of people is in favor or against a particular policy, law, etc. In some manifestations, there are there is riot or violence. Uh, when it comes to public or private companies, people come, workers come together to promote their social interests, financial interests, and professional interests. As related to their work activities or to the production center, these groups are unions. Sister, I would like to ask you, what should the behavior be of a believer at work when these situations occur? Is it okay for brothers and sisters to argue or take part in these topics? Can we be a part of a manifestation under those conditions? Sister Maria Luisa, thank you for your answer. Thank you for teaching us with so much love. Very well. Should the brothers and sisters of the church... Is it correct that they participate in these protests, these discord or disagreements of speaking and giving solutions to problems or difficulties of labor unions or these workers? I think, brothers and sisters, that if we do things correctly from the beginning, If we are, if the Lord blesses us and converts a family in this business, the Lord blesses his family 
and they are business owners and they begin to have a large company and they begin to employ many people to give jobs to many persons. But this family, since they are children of God, they do things correctly. They are honest. They pay on time their salaries. They do not abuse the workers. They do not steal from them. They do not mistreat them, humiliating them. But teaching values and teaching the rules of the company that you have to work, that the boss or the supervisors, as employees, they have to do good work. They have to work honestly, organized, so that everything functions correctly. If these business owners... If they are just and correct with their employees, I think the employees have no reason to be rebellious or stubborn or the moment arrive where they say, oh, I'm going to have a protest or I'm going to be in a strike. So there they are unconforming unhappy, but this family of God who does things correctly, these right business owners who do things honestly with good responsibility, the Lord there enters to support them and to bless them. And if among all of the workers and all of these persons that are there in the employment, if one there is rebellious rises up, because you do not need to doubt that sometimes the people say that these things happen as animals, that when they have good pasture, they don't eat the good pasture, but they go and search the gravel to find what is there. Instead of having the good pasture, they incline somewhere else. So that is the stubbornness in wanting their own will. And mankind is the same way. But of course, these persons that are argumentative and not conforming, they're always fighting for they, there is nothing good or right, but there they begin to want to always cause problems. And there they are telling the other coworkers the same bad ideas. The Lord, what he does is enter to bless the family who do things correctly, the owners of this business, and there he punishes those that are causing the problems and he makes them leave or he punishes them. This is what the Lord does. But brothers and sisters, since we live in the world, since we're in the world and these companies are of the world, the people of the world, these business owners, they do things in their own way and sometimes they do things wrong. So then as well, regarding the employees or the workers, they do things wrong because there they are those who are causing problems. And there then begins this battle, this arguing. And there then we see these labor unions began because this is centuries that there is this situation of labor unions for these workers which should not need to exist because if everything was of God, a people of God did not need this. They wouldn't need this. So I am an employee of a company, people of the world who does everything wrong. And all my companions, my coworkers are doing everything wrong because they're doing everything wrong as well. They want to involve me, even though I am also causing problems. I wouldn't do that.
I would avoid the situation. I would avoid all these things. I would not participate in these activities because there I am giving a bad testimony before the Lord. The Lord is seeing what I'm doing. And the Lord would tell me, and why do you not fulfill your responsibility? Why aren't you doing your job? You have a salary. What do you want? Why are you fighting with others? Why are you fighting for others who don't deserve? The Lord would say this to me. So I would better yet avoid the situation, flee from the problem. I don't know with what strategy I would make up to not be involved because I do not want to displease the Lord because I want to give always a good testimony and example that I'm a child of God. That would be my position in these cases. That is my position because there if I am arguing and fighting with others and being rebellious, then I would be like any other person of the world. I would act like any other of the world who does not know of God. It is that, brothers and sisters. We have to keep our testimony and ask the Lord to help us. And we have to be working within the world, businessmen, co-workers. But my testimony has to be clean in every aspect because the Lord is the one who's going to bless me. It is God. It is no one else. No one's going to bless me. So, brothers and sisters, we cannot imitate. We're not going to pretend it's not happening. We're very few, the children of God, in comparison to so many people in the world. So the world does all of these things. But we, as children of God, will let us try to always give good testimony. An example. Another question. Another question. Good evening, Sister Mary Luisa. We love you, Sister Mary Luisa. Sister Mary Luisa, I have a question in the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 14. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. Sister Mary Luisa, in this verse, the immoral woman refers to false doctrines or a different woman other than your wife? If it's the, the former, does that mean that because of sin, a person will go astray from the truth, attracting unto himself destruction of, its, of his spiritual life, thus ending up in false beliefs? Thank you, Sister Mary Luisa. May God bless you. This woman, immoral woman, is a literal and as well cognitive way. Literal in a sense that in that time there was idolatry as it exists today as well. But there was a practice of fornication to idols, to the gods. And there were certain gods that they gave the name, the God of love, the God of fertility, all of these gods they had. And those people, those pagan or these foreign nations were those who said they were of idolatry and the people of Israel were defiled with them, doing the same as them, following this type of fornication. It says that the people practiced the fornication before these gods to honor them. 
that practices fornication physically to honor these gods. As well, during that time, there existed existed prostitution, the harlot, or the prostitutes. From that time, there existed this, these things. So in the law of Moses, the Lord had taught man that man should not fornicate or fall in adultery, but that he be faithful to his wife. Even though during that time, the Lord allowed for a man to have two wives or three wives. And that man as well could have concubines. The Lord would allow this to certain men, especially to those who were wealthy. So if this man, for example, had two wives and three concubines, meaning that if one of these women would go and lay with another man, she would commit adultery. She was committing adultery or falling in fornication. And this person was punished. This woman was punished, was stoned because she would be accused of adulterer or fornicator because it would be respected that the man was married with two and had three concubines, three women, as well as the two wives. So that was this adultery and fornication as well were the prostitutes or the harlots and the man having his wives and having his concubines he would not respect them, but he would go and would lay with these prostitutes or with these harlots and would fall in fornication and adultery. This was punished by the law of Moses. And this was a sin that this person would commit this Israelite because for they was given the law of Moses. This is why it is said mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit, meaning that it was a woman who was not his wife, nor was his concubine. So therefore, he was not the owner of this foreign woman. He was the owner of his two wives and his three concubines. But of this foreign woman, he was not the owner. He just laid with her and committed adultery and fornication and is waiting for the punishment on behalf of the law, which was strict. And the punishment was severe for this person for having fallen in this sin of adultery and fornication. But it continues and it says, the Lord being angry with this man, it says to punish him even more would allow for he to fall in that sin of adultery and fornication so that he would be punished even more may be stoned before being put in prison. This is what this verse means as well. The fornication of the idols and as well, the Lord here in Proverbs teaches the literal way of that sin of fornication that the men would commit when they went to adore these gods and there would commit acts intimate acts, physical acts with prostitutes and harlots and all to adore these gods, to honor them. 
And all this was an abomination for our Lord. The Lord would become angry for these sins and this worldly acts. These Jews, the people that was supposedly of God. So this is why the Lord was very angry with the people for they committed all of these sins. That was an abomination before the Lord. A final question. A final question this evening. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Louisa. We see the glory of God reflected in you. Sister Mary Louisa, if you will allow me, I have a question in the Bible. And it is found in the third epistle of John, verses 9 and 10. Third John, verse... Verse 9 and 10. Yes. I wrote to the church... But Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren, and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Sister Mary Louisa in verse 9, Diotrephes is described as a person who liked to be superior. In verse 10, it says that he spoke with malicious words against the apostles and would put people out of the church, those who wanted to receive the brethren who were most likely going to supervise him. Sister Mary Louisa, we must be zealous for the things of God and the doctrine. Therefore, we must learn how the devil works. My question is, what other actions or behaviors do those people who want to break the unity of the church have? Thank you, sister. Very well. The divisions during this time being the primitive church, and there are already those who were unconforming, those who loved the first ranks, like this Diotrephes. And aside from that, that he had his church. He had his congregation. And he was looking for these rank positions. And when John went, he would not allow him to enter. And that he as well did not receive the other brethren. And that the other brethren who wanted to receive other brethren as guests in their homes, that he would expel them and did not allow them, expelled them from the church. We have here already a heathen. This Diotrephes was a heathen because he, knowing of the Lord, having there his church and he was already rebellious, stubborn, allowed that these evil spirits would enter into his life, into his heart, and would control him. And this is why his bad behavior, a person, man or woman, that say these type of reference, this Diotrephes, this person has spirits that have entered into his life, his body, his being, and aside from that, they become a heathen or wicked before the Lord because they do not respect or value the work of the Lord or the unity of the Holy Spirit. They do not respect the unity of the Holy Spirit 
what we were studying this afternoon that the Holy Spirit is what convinces us, convinces the hearts, each one of us, and unites us, brings us together, and we are one heart, one thought with the Lord, one love for God. Very well, brothers and sisters, we learn, thanks be to the Lord, thanks be to the Lord that He allows us to learn of His Word. And now let us pray for healing, miracles, marvels, petitions, needs, desires of your heart, for the illnesses, curses, witchcraft, spells, asking the Lord for mercy, asking our Lord for mercy. Let us all pray, brothers and sisters, blessed Lord, powerful Lord, omnipotent Lord, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, creator of the heaven and earth, our Lord, the one that grants our Lord of Lords, allow, O Lord, that all of the people, all the men and women that know, let them worship you and recognize your existence and recognize your power, your love, your mercy. Recognize that you are God, that you made us, that you did all with your powerful hand and that you deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you for the miracles and signs that you have done for many with healings, with wonders and marvels. You have manifested yourself to them. Allow, O Lord, that our prayers arrive before your presence. Allow, O Lord, that you hear us and answer us. Respond, O Lord, to all our prayers, our petitions that you look upon our heart, look at our regrets, look at the sadness, the bitterness, the afflictions, or the tribulations of some, oh Lord, look and extend your hand, give comfort to each one, give joy to each one, and that the presence of your Holy Spirit come and enter into each heart and each life, and that you give breath of life, oh Lord, Hear the calling. Look at the sick, the physically sick, physical illness, mental illness, the witchcraft, the curses, the spells. Remove all of these things, O Lord. Deliver and cleanse, O Lord. Break shackles, O Lord. Remove the traps of the enemy. Destroy the work of the evil one. Remove illnesses and pains and sufferings in the body, O Lord. Extend your hand. Bless the brothers and sisters. Give them healing in their bodies so that they may follow you and serve you so that they may work in your vineyard. And bring many souls for your kingdom, O Lord. Help all of the brothers and sisters. Give them health. Give them new strength, new hope in their heart. Give them new life. Transform them, O Lord. Give them a change in their life so that they may submit to your will. Do your will so that they, O Lord, will always work for you evangelize preaching your word blessings come changes come triumph spiritually 
the conversion of many people will come that will be in my path. They will prepare themselves for my service. I will give them the gifts and I will perfect them. I will give them new life. I will give them joy and happiness. I will give them triumphs and victories. I will give them as well material blessings and I will hear your prayers and I will be hearing the prayer of each one and I will be giving comfort and I will be granting the desires and the petitions of the heart and each one shall be receiving my blessing. Each one shall have power from on high. Each one will have the support and each one shall have the blessing to each one. I will give spiritual and material blessings wonders and signs come blessings come my manifestation comes so you should continue and pray and you should lay hands and prophesy in perfection because I am going to be guiding and counseling my people I'm going to be teaching and guiding always in the path of righteousness and I am preparing many many I am preparing for the preaching I am preparing to preach and teach and evangelize and speak of my power and my word to many and many will listen and will hear and will convert because I am going to bless and as well I'm going to protect and I'm going to guard from dangers some I will guard because the enemy has always wanted to put belittle and dangers of death upon many but I will be protecting and guarding and I will not allow that the enemy come to destroy them to steal the peace the tranquility and the happiness we lay my hands as well upon many that are ill and there's going to be many that are sick will be healed and many children as well that will be healed because I am going to be giving this healing and deliverance because there are many children that have asked of me of healing and I will listen and I will pay attention and I will give this blessing and all have to have the purpose and certainty in their heart of doing my will and continuing forward in my path because I am going to bless and I'm going to protect and support I will remove the shackles and the traps of the enemy I will destroy the enemy upon many and I will give victories and triumphs spiritually and materially as well I'm going to be giving material blessings to some money to some some will be receiving surprise because I they have well asked of me and I know your heart and I'm going to bless you're not going to be lacking any blessing because triumphs and victories I will give continue steadfast and march forward with great certainty with great joy in the heart because I am listening uh, regrets prayers and petitions continue steadfast look for perfection look for the righteousness and read the word and learn of my path and execute my word in exchange I shall bless in all moment and my hand of power will be upon you all continue forward thank you my father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the name of Jesus Christ your beloved son I give you thanks for these promises that are marvelous O oh Lord 
that you have made, O Lord, for the people. Thank you, my Father. You are grand, just, and merciful. Thank you, my Lord. We are not worthy, but your mercy is forevermore. Thank you, O Lord. The honor and the glory is for you, my Lord. Thank you, brothers and sisters. May the Lord bless you greatly. May the Lord go with you all. May the Lord take you by the hand. May the Lord bless you greatly. And may soon fulfill those promises that the Lord made for you today. And as well for all that are going to watch in the video in the different places around the world, for you is the blessing of the Lord. So thank you. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Until the next time.